everybody. Welcome to The Kelly O Show. I'm your host, Kelly Alexa. This show is dedicated to inspiring women of all ages to pursue excellence in mind, body, and business. After decades of playing small in my own life and staying in the comfort zone, a couple of years of massive chaos and drama in my personal and my professional life forever changed me for the better. Through some tough lessons, I evolved and I became a stronger and more confident version of myself, fearless and finally, unapologetically myself. I am now designing my life bigger and better than ever before. And most importantly, I'm designing a life on my terms that is full of joy and happiness. And I think that this is something that's been missing for so many women. They're either staying in the comfort zone like I was Or they've got a life that looks pretty good on the outside, but it's missing real joy and health and happiness. And that is no bueno. I believe that the future is female. And every week, this show is going to bring you incredible interviews and live shows that I hope is going to motivate you to take massive action in your life, to leave the comfort zone and go all in again to pursue achieving excellence in mind, body, and in business. I hope you enjoy the show and let's dive in. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Kelly O Show. This is part two of a two-part interview with Megan Devine. If you haven't yet listened to part one, please be sure you go back and do that first. I remember having this moment. I've just been a huge Anthony Bourdain fan and and I, I couldn't wrap my head around it. And I just thought for me to think about that man alone in his hotel room, with money, fame, a wonderful personality, love in his life, what was going on that was so deeply painful to him that in that hotel room, the only answer was to hang himself? And that's what I chose to focus on instead of doing what I saw a lot of in the media, which is judging people for committing suicide and how selfish and awful they are, and this is bad. That's judgment versus sensitivity and empathy. And do you agree that sometimes we can automatically hop into judgment and- Oh, instantly. And I think fear too. Like we're giving into our own fear of, I don't want to say the wrong thing, so I'm just going to run away. And we're we're taking care of ourselves instead of being proactive and taking care of the person going through the grief. Hmm. Well, there's, again, there's so much in what you said. So judgment is is a habitual response, right? Like- um, that's kind of what we do in this culture is like, oh, you think that's pain? That's not pain. I have more pain than that. I wouldn't do it that way. Why did you do it this way? This is stupid, right? I mean, so one thing first here, we all get to have boundaries, right? Like if I really don't want to listen to you talk about your dog's death, because maybe we're just casual acquaintances and I'm, I'm in line at the coffee shop, right? Like it's okay for me to not be interested in that. Sure. So I can say things like, I'm sorry to hear you're going through that. That's not a discussion I can have right now. Um, but I do hope that you find the support that you need. That's way better mm-hmm. than like smiling and nodding and smiling and nodding and going, you should really see a therapist about this because that's just crappy, right? Use your, your grown up words and say, this is actually isn't a conversation that I can have right now. Boundaries are our friends. So there's that. The other thing though, is to, to watch your impulse to judge or dismiss, right? I mean, what's that line about like not judging the 
inside of other people's lives, right? Um, I did a lot of media stuff during that during that week when Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain, Bourdain died by suicide. Talking about, we don't know the inside reality that somebody is walking around with. And I wasn't going to speculate about what made them make those choices on those days because what the hell do I know? I don't know anything. I do know that we don't have a culture where it is okay to say this hurts and have that truth accepted and honored and validated and listened to without judgment or advice or dismissal. We are not good at that, right? So, um, you know, and one of the things that I, I talk about a lot is sort of this um, competition of grief, right? Um, some people would say, you know, a divorce is not as bad as a death or um, the death of your grandparent isn't as bad as the death of my baby. And like, good Lord, why are we arguing this? I'll tell you why we're arguing this. Like, so because we don't talk about grief in this culture, because we are so quick to dismiss or judge or fix, right? You should really get some help about that, um, says your best friend who you're trying to lean on for support. Um, so because of all of that, we've got such an epidemic of unspoken grief. No one is being heard in anything from the small losses to the big losses that reorder the world. Nobody's getting hurt in their grief because we hop in with our platitudes and our admonishment and our dismissal and our judgment. So everybody's carrying pain. We're not good at showing compassion or empathy. So it seems like compassion is a scarce resource. Mm. What do we do with scarce resources? We fight over them. We fight over scarce resources. That means that if I never got heard from something that happened to me 20 years ago, I'm not going to be here for you telling me about your rough morning because Mm -hmm. compassion is in short supply and I have to fight for mine. If I give you compassion, there might not be enough for me. If we don't shame somebody who is having a hard time making it from the bed to the front door because of whatever's going on in their lives, if we have compassion for them, well, maybe there isn't going to be enough compassion for me and I'm already not getting enough. When there's sort of infighting that shows up Um, very, very rarely, I will say on my social media channels, um, you know, if I post something about pet loss and somebody will come in and go, how dare you post something about pet loss when my sister died? Like, Mm. um, because compassion is limitless because we're all in pain because the way that we talk about grief matters for everybody and everybody's heart is worthy of compassion. Yeah. And if we, if we don't want compassion to be a scarce resource, then let's stop acting as though it is, right? Oil, scarce resource, right? Time, in some ways, scarce resource. Compassion, not scarce. So if you want to stop fighting over it, start giving it to everyone. That is the way to make the world kinder and more compassionate for everybody. You are going to have your judgmental response. That's fine. Use your inside voice for that one right? I'm going to look at somebody doing something and think like, you wore that outfit. That wouldn't have been my choice, but I'm going to use my inside voice. Hmm. And in my outside voice, I'm going to say, you be you, go for it. Right? If somebody says, I had a really, really rough morning because Prince died, I might be thinking, okay, did you know that Prince died a couple of years ago? Because Mm, maybe not affecting your daily reality so much, but in my outside voice, I'm going to say, yeah, it's really hard to lose somebody who was a big figure in our lives, isn't it? I'm not lying. I'm watching my impulse and I'm making compassion be the abundant resource that it actually is because it costs me nothing 
to say I see you cost me nothing. I hold on. I'm writing that down because that's like, I love what you just said. And hold on. I was just thinking too. Okay. I have the worst handwriting. So (laughs) when I do this in an interview and I'm like, wait a second, I'm writing this down. Then I write really fast. And then I look down (laughs) and there's a reason why. Right. Like I need a translator for my own words. I really do. Um, (laughs) I, I actually have to cross out because I wrote so fast. I went to go take my car to get an oil change and I had to fill out this form at this, at this place. And the guy looks at me and he goes, are you a doctor? And I'm like, what are you talking? And he's like, your writing is ridiculous. Like, thanks a lot. That's why I use my phone for most things. But you know, some of the, the words that, that have come up, I, I feel as though, and I do this myself, but you know, you talked about how, how people will hear someone say, you know, that, that hurt me. And, and nobody wants to say that, you know, nobody wants to say, well, you hurt my feelings or, um, and, and you talked about compassion being a, a scarce resource. And we need to stop thinking about that because whether it's compassion or, or money or whatever it is in our lives, the more that we give energy to those scarcity thoughts that affects how we act. So when we think we have no money, it affects everything we do. And we, you know, I mean, I've had to learn this time and time again in my business. When things are down, don't focus on the scarcity, focus on where you want to go. And I immediately was thinking when you started saying that, that compassion is a scarce resource and we need to be looking at this with abundance and giving more because the more that we give, the more that it's, you know, going to, to flow into our world as opposed to judgment and, you know, buck up and, you know, you've had long enough and everything happens for a reason. Um, we've also got to do that with ourselves. And I don't think any of us are focusing enough on giving ourselves compassion and understanding. And the more that we stop black labeling some of these things, we should be able to say in a work environment or in a home environment or in a relationship like don't think that you're a wuss if you go, you know what, what you said was really hurtful. That hurt me. I think people, we've, we've become a culture where everything's about like man up and toughen up. And why not be more comfortable expressing those feelings? Or you know what, I'm going through a really rough time of grief. And, and to not go, oh my God, what is that person saying? You know, it shouldn't be that difficult to say to somebody like, I'm hurting. And, and, and then it, like you said, to be the person who's listening to that, to be able to validate that, it doesn't mean that you're like not inside maybe going, wow, I wish this person would maybe, you know, get their shit together. Right. Maybe that is what you're thinking inside. You could still be supportive. You can still acknowledge the fact that this person is going through pain. And, and when we look back at the folks, when we were talking about suicide, what, what should we take out of that? To me, it's like we all need to be in our own lives paying attention to, to the, those that are hurting. I, you know, other people could, could maybe find something else, but very simplest, to put it very simplistically, we are, there's, there's more compassion and listening and validation that all of us can be giving to people if it's in our work environment, if it's in the home environment, whether it's through somebody who's already experienced a passing of somebody that they love or just going through profound depression or grief or anything, any of these things that we've talked about today, we should never underestimate what people are feeling. And I I don't think I've ever heard anybody say it in the way you did with validating how they feel, acknowledging that, and then just trying to be supportive from a very simple 
It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be a perfect string of words, but just saying, I'm here to support you. And, and I think most people just want someone to listen. Do you, do you think that that's also quite often what's missing? People don't listen to someone. Yeah. I mean, being allowed to tell the truth of your own experience is what we need, but it's not what we find. Right. And I, I, I like the, um, the difference here between simple and easy. Right. Acknowledging the truth of someone's experience is simple. It's not easy because it's not how we're taught, right? Mm-hmm. We are taught to jump in and dismiss, demean, correct, give advice. Now, you might think that giving advice to somebody is not dismissing it, it's responding. Well, did they ask you for advice? True. Probably not, right? Uh, my, my friend and colleague, um, Kate Kenfield, has this great question. She says, um, when you're hearing somebody, you know, friend or family member, when you're hearing somebody talk about something they're wrestling with, a great question is, do you want advice or validation right now? Mm. Right? Because gosh, for the most part, most of us don't want advice in that moment, especially true for the, um, you know, chronic illness or, um, you know, the, the, that community, right? Like, have you tried fish oil? Like, did I ask you? No. Um, <laughs> but, but all of all of this stuff in here, right? And I, I think a big thing to remember is that we tend to overcomplicate all of this. And again, we loop back to that feeling of helplessness. I need to make this better and I don't know how to make it better. So I'm just going to cross the street so I don't have to deal with this being uncomfortable. Ah, make it stop, right? Like mm-hmm. this is actually much less complicated than we make it out to be. And it's it's important to practice these skills on a daily basis because what I don't want to see happen for people is you, you listen to what you and I are talking about, Kelly, and you go, okay, got it. I'm going to validate and reflect back and acknowledge and know that my job is not to make them feel better. Okay. I'm going to keep that in that emergency box in the basement, just in case somebody's brother dies of an overdose, just in case. Well, that isn't going to work. I'm glad you have your box, right? Disaster prep, important things. Um, but if you want to feel less awkward, if you really want to feel like um, you're able to deliver the love and support that you intend, then you got to practice, right? If you think about fire drills, the reason we practice fire drills is so that in the event of emergency, you already know what to do. It's not new for you. You don't have to come up with a plan, right? Same thing. I, I like to sort of think of this stuff as the fire drill of love. You need to practice showing up for yourself and showing up for others in small ways so that if and when you need them in big ways, it's not new to you. So what does that look like? That looks like looking for pain, right? I mean, the the good slash not so good news is that um, you have millions of opportunities to practice every single day because being alive is hard. Being human is hard. Mm -hmm. We hear pain all the time. We just don't recognize it as pain right? You're standing in line at your coffee shop and you have a casual acquaintance and you say, Hey, how's your day? You're like, the person's like, it's not actually that great. Actually that great. I had that great. I had a great, I had a really, you say, well, at least it's sunny outside. (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. Practice opportunity missed. Yeah. Let's do that again and rewind. And what would it look like if you're practicing your new skills, standing in line at the coffee shop, casual acquaintance you're talking to and you say, how's your day? And they said, it's not that great. I had a really stressful meeting at work. I'm sorry to hear that. Do you want to tell me about it? Hmm. Or if you really don't want to hear about it in that moment because you have four minutes for your break, you can say, I'm sorry to hear that. Work can be such a challenge sometimes. I hope it gets better for you today. 
And then you Hmm. go about your day. Yay, gold star for you. You just built your empathy muscles. You built your listening muscles. You built your capacity to be a kind, supportive, empathetic person in the world. Go you. Thank you. That was awesome. Build your empathy muscles. And and really true um, because, and, and by the way, what you said before about supporting somebody and saying, do you want advice or do you want me to just listen? It's funny because literally this past weekend, um, I was venting to my man and he is a really great listener. And I was venting about, uh, you know, business related stuff and just feeling really frustrated and, um, with things that are beyond my control. And, um, you know, there's a lot of emotions that go with that for me. Um, where I'm like, why am I here? Why is this happening? Am I in the right place? Blah, blah, blah. And I was saying all this and he, he looked up at me and he said, okay, do you want me to give you advice or do you want to just vent? And he wasn't being flippant. He was being sincere, you know, like, are you sharing this with me because you'd like to hear somebody else's point of view and, you know, whatever, or do you just need someone to listen? Because sometimes we do just need someone to listen. I would say 98% of the time that's accurate. And I I love the, I love that you pointed out his tone in there, right? Like um, one of my favorite teachers used to say, good question. Watch your tone, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can say, so I'm listening to you and I'm wondering if you want advice or you just need me to listen right now. You can say it like that, or you can say, do you want advice or do you just want to bitch about it for a while? Yes, exactly. Same question. Watch your tone. So true. I do want to circle back to real quick that that idea that like um, judgment is normal for a human brain and using your inside voice for that. One Mm -hmm. of the cool side effects of practicing a compassionate, empathetic, supportive, validating response is that you'll actually find that your inner judgment gets lesser and lesser, right? Gets Mm -hmm. gets less and less strong because there, there is something... Um, competitive, even in that inner voice that's like, um, God, I wouldn't be sad about that thing. You can, for extra credit, in your own process, in your own work, um, start gently questioning, like, isn't that interesting that I have that response? Is there a part of me that doesn't feel nourished or fed or heard? Because that's, that's what that inside voice is doing, is saying, good Lord, what's wrong with that person? So mm-hmm. that is, that's like extra super credit here. So, you know, if, if you feel like um, being extra, question the inner voice too, or just try it as an experiment. What happens to my, um, that part of my brain who makes an impulse to judge somebody else's experience? What happens to that if I practice empathy? Does it change, right? Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. I don't know. I'm not you, but it's an interesting extra credit option. I Really, I think that's such a great, truly such a great point to close, to wrap up with because very truly I have noticed in myself and, and one of the things, it was a book I read during my divorce and I remember the, just the profound grief that I was feeling at that time that I would be driving in my car and I would just break out crying and I would carry tissues with me wherever I went because I, I and I, I remember what it felt like I, to sob. I would sob myself to sleep to, to have the, I'd never had that. I've never had it since then. 
um, belly aching sobs. And I'm like, this is what sobbing feels like. This is what, what, you know, and I would be in my car and I would think about other people in the next car looking at me and going, you know, well, they must be looking at me and thinking, what is this freak doing in her car crying? And it gave me after that more empathy to when I encounter somebody who, you know, walks out of the grocery store in front of me and doesn't hold the door open for me. Old me would have been like, oh, thanks. You know, and, and now I train myself to go, instead of going, what an asshole. I go, I have no idea what's going on in that person's life. I don't know if they just got the call that they have breast cancer. I don't know if they just found out someone died. I don't know if they just lost their job. I have no idea what's going on. And so I'm going to, and I'm doing the same thing with my road rage. I used to have really bad road rage. And now if someone cuts me off, I just think, what could be going on in that person's day that could be, you know, forcing them to be that way? I'm going to accept whatever happens. And, you know, I'm going to get where I'm supposed to be in this car when I'm supposed to be there. Nothing is the end of the world and I'm going to be okay. But the reason for everybody that's listening, that practicing that judgment or changing your your automatic judgment and being more understanding in those cases. Nobody's going to see you being more understanding. If someone cuts in front of you, like every time I take a flight and I'm boarding the plane and, you know, usually I, I, it's, it's a commitment I made to myself to only fly first class. And so I'll, I think it's funny how we go to board and, and there's these men who will literally try to do everything they can to cut in front of me. And I, I used to just get so angry. And I'm like, you're a man. You should be, you should be, you know, respectful. And and now I just go, whatever's going on in that guy's life that he needs to cut in front of, you know, these first eight seats that we're seating, just have at it. You know what that's doing guys and gals? Number one, it's me practicing more kindness to everybody, whether they quote unquote deserve it or not. But when I'm angry and judgmental, that is affecting my health and my wellness and my stress and anxiety levels. So practicing all this is good for your health as well. It's good for others and it will make you be able to be more compassionate and more sensitive and to show up as opposed to being, I'm scared. I can't deal with this. I'm going to run away. Trust me. I mean, my divorce and my grief back then made me more able to deal with people and be, be a friend to someone who's going through it. I've, I just had someone here recently and, and she said, you have been so helpful for me in this divorce because you just kept texting me and checking in with me. And same thing with my, my friend, Linda, who was uh, diagnosed with pretty bad, you know, stage four breast cancer. And she was freaking out. And, and I, I told her, I said, I'm going to text you every single day and I'm going to just check in with you. And I would text her, I would send her the funny bit emojis. And that was my way of checking in with her. And she said, you showing up, you didn't know what to say. You didn't deny that I had the problem. You, you let me vent and, and you helped. So all of those things in my life helped me become a more empathetic person. So I love everything you said, Megan. And I, I think, frankly, I can't wait to read your book because I've really never thought about proactively understanding a better way to show up for other people and proactively practicing those, you know, working on those empathy muscles so that I can be better to myself when things happen in life that are going to be profoundly, you know, a profound grieving moment. So that said, you know, I do want to thank you so much for being on the show. You've had, I mean, I've gotten such insights out of everything you said today. Um, and, and I can't wait to read your book, like I said. So that said, um, as we wrap up, 
tell people that are listening, you know, the title of your book again, where they can find it, where they can find you online, um, whatever social channels or website that you, that you want to direct them to. And we'll also link this up in the show notes. So where can we find the book and where can we find you? So the book you can find anywhere books are sold. Um, if your local independent bookseller doesn't have it, walk on in there and ask them to carry it. Um, we're trying to get grief books out from the back corner on the very bottom shelf where grieving people need to crawl around to find it. So um, ask them for it by name. The name of the book, the title of the book is It's Okay That You're Not Okay, Meeting Grief and Loss in a Culture That Doesn't Understand. Um, the other places to find me, the website is refugeingrief.com. That's the easiest place to find all of the things that we're doing. We've actually got a grief revolution going on um, to really change the way that we do grief in this culture, not just for grieving people, but for everybody. Um, so be sure to check that out. There's a grief community that you get access to through the Writing Your Grief course, also on the Refuge and Grief webpage. And we are rolling out some really, really cool new videos and animations. Um, and you can find out more about that on our Patreon page, which is the home of the grief revolution. It's patreon.com backslash Megan Devine. And be sure to follow us on Instagram, which is my favorite platform currently at Refuge in Grief. That's awesome. I, I really am. I'm very glad we had this conversation. Um, I certainly had quite a lot of, like I said, insights and aha moments. And I think that um, for everybody listening, again, I, I absolutely think that all of these topics and, and approaches that we talked about, they make sense for us as, as the people that are supporting somebody who's grieving. They can make sense. It absolutely makes sense for us to be practicing this both with ourselves and others. And many of these topics or, or practices that we talked about or techniques, they apply to life situations, very stressful situations, grief that we can have about things that are not specifically death related. So again, all of this is all about better health. Better health is dealing with trauma, whether it's emotional trauma, physical trauma, a death, uh, whatever it is. And, and that's why we're talking about this on the show. So Megan, thank you so much for being here. I, I certainly can't wait to read your book. I think what you're doing is excellent and we're here to you know, help you support and spread the word. For everybody listening, um, thank you so much. If you have any questions in general about this episode or future episodes, you can email us podcast at fitfluential.com. We will link up to all of Megan's links that she shared here verbally, they'll be in the show notes at fitfluentialradio.com when the show is live. And until next time, we will see you on Fitfluential Radio. Hey, everybody. This marks the end of this two-part interview with Megan Devine. I hope you enjoyed it and picked up some insights on the process of grieving. And for those of you, again, who are dealing with grief in your life, if you lost somebody um, through this crazy horrible pandemic situation we're dealing with right now, or if you know somebody that has, I certainly encourage you to look up everything we've got um, and connect with Megan. Check out all of her links that'll be listed in the show notes at thekellyoshow.com and connect with her directly. She certainly is somebody who is very special in this space and an expert in something that not enough people are dealing with or addressing uh, in quite the unique way that she is. So I'm very honored that we had her on the show. Hopefully this was helpful to you. Um, and again, 
check out everything related to Megan and connect with her directly. Um, that'll be linked up in the show notes at thekellyoshow.com. If you have any questions about future episodes, if you would like to nominate yourself or somebody that you know to be interviewed on the show, simply use the contact me form at kellyalexa.com. You can also use that same contact me form to reach out about advertising and sponsorship opportunities, both for the podcast, for any of our social media platforms, our YouTube channel, our blog, etc. If you're enjoying the show, I hope you will share it with your friends on social media. And if you get a moment to take two or three minutes and leave us a five-star review on iTunes, you can even do it from your phone. It's easy peasy. Just scroll to the bottom of the episodes. You'll see the opportunity to either click five stars or write a review. And it's so easy to write a review and even voice dictate it. It would take just a couple of minutes. And that certainly helps the show get seen and heard by more people who can benefit from all of the free information we put out. Thank you in advance for all of you guys that have left reviews already. It means so much. I really, 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 really appreciate it. We'll see you guys next time on The Kelly O Show.